aside from a house or a car specifically, what is the most expensive thing you own? Wendy? A car. Name an animal with three letters in its name. Alligator. Name something that's better than being rich. Poor. Besides a bird, something in a bird cage. Hamster. Something that comes with a summer storm. Snow. Something Russia's famous for, Bob. Russians. Something a burglar would not want to see when he breaks into a house. Rob! Nucky Grandma! Reason you might stay indoors on a beautiful day. Because it's raining? Name something you might buy that could turn out to be phony. Yeah, a horse. Name a time that most people get up. In the morning. A time most people go to bed. At night. This is the 7 at 11 on Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin. It is time for the 7 at 11. Brian D. in as your cousin's sub of the day for Craig Karmazin. Live from the Tundra Trio in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Ahead of Packers-Vikings at 325 this afternoon. Massive game for the Green Bay Packers. Before we get into the 7 at 11, let's do a little reset here on what we talked about during Hour 1. Started with Jair Alexander. He poked the bear, in my opinion. Called Justin Jefferson's Week 1 performance against the Packers in Minnesota a fluke. Nine catches, 184 yards, and two touchdowns. I don't know why he did it. Are you okay as a Packers fan? With that comment, uh, against an already motivated Minnesota Vikings team, Jason Wildey just joined us. If you missed any of it, check it out at WisconsinOnDemand.com or whatever, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. Jason talked about how Tom Pelissero talked about earlier this morning on the NFL Network that uh, the Vikings are super motivated to win today at Lambeau and kind of put the Packers to bed because there is a little apprehension and fear surrounding the Packers backing into the playoffs and Aaron Rodgers getting hot in 2010, recreating itself in a certain way. Uh, Kyle and I disagreed on this a little bit. I think other teams in the NFL would fear, or in the NFC, excuse me, would fear the Packers getting into the playoffs because you know what Aaron Rodgers is capable of doing. So the Vikings are already motivated to put the Packers to bed today. You don't need to give them extra motivation like Jair Alexander did by calling that week one performance a fluke. 800-990-3776 is the phone number for you to get in on that and to get in on the 7 out of 11 if Kyle Wallace cannot run the table. All right, Kyle, here we go. So Uh, As we've talked about throughout the show this morning, there's been a lot of talk this week about receivers heading into this game, about Christian Watson and his hip, about Justin Jefferson uh, and his week one performance. So the 7 at 11 today, my friends, we are looking for the top seven active receiving leaders single season yardage. Did I phrase that okay? Top seven active single season yardage receiving leaders. You good with that, or do I need to phrase that differently? So you said the seven top leading average, so like the seven people who have no, no, no. the high- so, so Go ahead. single yeah. single season receiving yards. So uh-huh. however many yards you get in a season, right? The top seven active players on that list. Okay, so guys that are still playing that are the top seven on the all time single season receiving yards list. Okay, all right, Justin Jefferson. 
Justin Jefferson is on the list, which is why this is the list today. Justin Jefferson is number three on the list. He's got 1,756 yards receiving this year. He is number three on this list for active players. And this is this is for their average per year, right? I'm just... No, this is this is total yards. So he's got 1,756 yards this season. Oh, in one he's single season, num- the most yards in one single Correct. season? Correct. He's actually oh, he's, he's number three on this list, but he's number seven on the all-time single-season receiving list with two games to play. All right, let's go with – got to think who are the top receivers in the NFL. Let's go with uh, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is not on the oh, list in the top seven, believe it or not. Look at that. That was a he quick. He is not in the top seven. That's a, it, It's a good guess, but he hasn't had – he's had great seasons yeah. in terms of um, touchdowns, but in terms of yardage, he's actually outside the top 20 Oh wow! Time, believe so he, it or not. He's probably never had more than, what, 1,200 yards in a season then, huh? So I gotta pull up the list right now. I have the screen grab of what I needed. So let me get this single season receiving record. But yeah, Devontae is a great guest. Um, but he's outside the top twenty. So we will open up the phone lines. Eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six is the phone number for you to get in. Devontae Adams is thirty seventh on the all time single season receiving list. 1,553 yards puts him 37th all-time. So it's open for you. We got six names to get. The active leaders of uh, single-season receiving yards, 800-990-3776. The phone lines are open for you. Kyle Wallace was able to get one of them off the list. He got Justin Jefferson, who will be playing at Lambeau Field today. Justin Jefferson is number three, number three on the list. Uh, with 1,756 yards. In terms of active players for Devontae Adams, I want to figure that out now as well because that is, of course, why we are doing uh, this list right now. Um, In terms of active players, three, four, five, hmm. He's he's outside the top seven for sure, but he's in the top ten of active players for that uh, single-season receiving yards list. 800-990-3776, the phone number to get in. There's some fascinating names on this list. I think this is going to be a little bit tricky. Um, and just to give some, some reference here, the all-time single-season leader is Calvin Johnson, 1,964 yards receiving for the Detroit Lions back in 2012. But he is not active, obviously. He is retired going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 800-990-3776. The phone number to get in. Phone's got to be ringing off the hook because Kyle Wallace is not talking to me right now. So somebody's got to be getting in here close. Uh, Justin Jefferson is actually on this list twice. He's also got the eighth uh, number on this list um, in terms of the ranking. He's out. He's in the top seven like we talked about, but he's got the eighth spot as well for his performance last year with 1,616 yards last season's performance. Uh, 9, 10, 11 would be Devontae Adams, which was Kyle Wallace's guess uh, that got him disqualified from this competition. 800-990-3776. Kyle, you there? Do we got any callers? Do we yes, we do, Brian up? D. And so the first caller we have here is Lucas, who is a United States Postal Service. I don't know if he's a delivery man or not, but Lucas, he has a guess. Let's ask him right now. Lucas, have you had like the busiest three weeks of your life the last couple of weeks? I got to believe the holidays are crazy for somebody that works for the Postal Service. Yeah, man, it's crazy. You guys keep ordering packages. We got to deliver them. 
Sounds I'm like sorry, job we'll security to, uh, to me, right, Brian? Well, yeah, I, it, it definitely sounds like job security. Now that I think about it, I was going to apologize, but I don't want to apologize at all. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> Lucas, give us your guess. Top seven at uh, at 11 here. We're looking for the top seven active single-season receiving leaders in the National Football League. Justin Jefferson off the list at number three. Uh, give me Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is number one on the list. Last year's prolific season with the Los Angeles Rams that culminated in a Super Bowl championship, 1,947 yards. Cooper Cup is number one on today's 7 at 11. Keep it rolling. Uh, give me Julio Jones. Julio Jones is number two on the list. 2015, which I believe was the year that the Falcons may have taken out the Green Bay Packers. Uh, 1,871 yards for the Falcons in 2015. So to reset here, we've got Cooper Cup at one, Julio, Julio Jones at number two, and Justin Jefferson at number three. Keep her rolling, Lucas. Let's go. Um, what about Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey is outside. The list oh. is not. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Uh, Travis Kelty is f- uh, far down. He's 88th all time, 1,416 yards. Lucas, thank you so much for playing. Appreciate you. 800-990-3776. Phone number to get in. Kyle, do we have Jake on the line now? Yes, we have Jake, and Jake is a teacher. Jake is a teacher. I love it, Jake. I come from a family of educators, so I appreciate what you do, and hopefully you're enjoying a little uh, winter break right now. Uh, Where do you teach, Jake? Uh, In Madison. Wonderful. Love it. All right, Jake, uh, keep it rolling. On this list so far, uh, we've knocked off one, two, and three. Cooper Cup with number one, uh, Julio Jones with number two, and number three was Justin Jefferson. Is DeAndre Hopkins on the list? DeAndre Hopkins is outside the top seven. He's 32nd all time and and falls outside the top seven list here. Uh, Appreciate the call there. Um, But uh, outside the top seven, a good guess, though, for DeAndre Hopkins. His most prolific receiving season was 1,572 yards with the Texans back in 2018. Anybody else on the line, Kyle? This is a, a little bit trickier than I was anticipating coming in. I thought yeah. this might be a layup. No, no, it is tricky because there's so many great wide receivers. Like you talked about, DeAndre Hopkins with 1,500 not on the list. Travis Kelsey, probably the greatest tight end, I would say, almost of all time yeah. by the time he retires, sure. not on the list. Devontae Adams, one of the greatest receivers of in Packers history, not on the list. So, yeah, it is a challenging list that we have here, Brian. But we don't have anybody yet, but they can definitely call in to try to win that T-shirt. All right, 800-990-3776, 7 at 11. Once again, to reset for everybody, we are looking for the top seven active single-season receiving leaders with yardage. So number we have one, two, and three so far. If you get and complete the seven, you'll win yourself a T-shirt from Milwaukee or Madison, wherever you're listening from. We will get it to you from the correct market. Cooper Cup, number one. Julio Jones, number two. Justin Jefferson, number three. We've got four names to go. Keep those phone calls coming in, 800-990-3776. Let's take a break, rack some callers, and see if we can complete this 7 at 11 list on the other side. This is Sunday Karma across ESPN Wisconsin. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Pain away, I pop the pain away, I slide the pain away. It's
It's Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Brian T. in for Craig is your cousin sub of the day live from the Tundra Trio in Green Bay ahead of Packers Vikings later this afternoon. Our pregame coverage on the Tundra Trio Radio Network starts at noon. Gary Ellerson, Greg Matzik, and Jason Wilde take you right up till kickoff. Continuing the 7 at 11 here on Sunday, Karma, we are looking for the top 7 single-season receiving yards leaders that are still active in the National Football League. Now, Kyle, I'm a little embarrassed, and I need a judgment here. I need you to be the, the referee, the official, if you will. I made a minor mistake, but it didn't trip anybody up or make anybody lose. So Julio Jones was a guess. I believe by Jake, who was a teacher in Madison, he called us a couple of minutes ago, Julio Jones actually occupies two spots on this list. So Cooper Cup is number one, Julio Jones number two, Justin Jefferson number three. Julio Jones is also number five on this list for a performance in 2018. He's got two of the top seven seasons, uh, but uh, Jake uh, had an incorrect guess as well after that, so I don't feel too terribly bad about it. Is that a fair judgment on how things are going? Yeah, that's fair. You know, there's something called momentum where you get it right, and so then your mind starts turning. But it's all right. If Jake wants to have another shot at it, a third shot, Jake can definitely call back if he wants to. All right, 800-990-3776, the phone number to get in if you want to take a stab at this list. Let's go to Chef Ed. Chef Ed, you are on Sunday Karma across ESPN Wisconsin, 7 at 11. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Happy New Year to you, Brian. Uh, right back at the, you. What do you got on this are, list? Okay, on the list, Bill, I like, the key word is active. So I think a lot of these players did it earlier. Like This guy is pretty much falling off recently, but – but he had great – I'm going to say Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, fantastic guess. is number four on the active list, 1,725 yards with the New Orleans Saints in 2019. It's an awesome guess, but you're right. He has fallen off the map because of injuries and other things over the last couple of years. But, yeah, Michael Thomas is on the list. So we've got Cooper Cup, one, Julio Jones, two, Justin Jefferson, three, Michael Thomas, four, and Julio Jones, five. We are missing six, and we are missing seven. Can Chef Ed keep it going? Look, here's the guy whose name is always in the stats, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is number seven on the list. Actually, for this season, Chef Ed, he's got two games to go, so he could potentially climb up 1,632 yards so far this season for the Miami Dolphins. We've got one name to go. Can Chef Ed close it out with his final name <laughs> on the top seven at 11? All right, I got I got two names written down in front of me here. I know I'm going to guess the wrong one. I- I'm okay. going to try Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon is a correct answer from Chef Ed. Nicely oh. done. I I thought that was going to be the trickiest one, Chef, Chef Ed, because he's still yeah, active. He, he was, was my other guess. Yeah, Devontae was already guessed. So I'm glad Stephane. you can go with that one. No, uh, Stephon Diggs, Diggs is just going to guess. Yeah, oh, Stephon Diggs is just outside as well, but you went the right direction with Josh Gordon. Uh, congratulations, Chef Ed. You're going to win yourself an ESPN Milwaukee t-shirt hanging the line. I thought that was going to be a tricky one because Josh Gordon, this is an active list. People forget he was with the Tennessee Titans this year until October. 
he hasn't retired. He's still, you know, up for grabs, but he's a free agent at this point in the season. So he qualifies as active. He had that monster season in 2013 with the Cleveland Browns, 1,646 yards. He is number six on this list. So Chef Ed is the winner. Cooper Cup, Julio Jones, Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones again, Josh Gordon, and Tyreek Hill. You're a 7 out of 11. Congratulations to Chef Ed. Uh, I'm curious to see if any of these other names just outside the 7 at 11 will ever peek in here. A couple of interesting names. Devontae Adams, I could not believe, had not had a more prolific receiving season than 1,553 yards. And that was last season here in Green Bay before going to the Raiders. And I think we all would have bet that Devontae would have had a more prolific season than that, even changing quarterbacks. But now... That leaves a lot to be determined for Devontae Adams' future because it looks like the Raiders are preparing to move on from Derek Carr. The grass They're ain't sitting always greener on the other side. Both teams found that out this De- year. Definitely not this. And Kyle, I'm fascinated with how the Raiders are handling that situation because Derek Carr has got a big chunk of money guaranteed uh, if he gets hurt. Um, at, at some point before next season. So that's why the Raiders are benching him. They don't want him to get hurt. They benched him for these final two games so uh, they don't run the risk of him getting hurt and having to guarantee him that money, which would lead you to believe that they're going to try and move on from him this offseason. So Devontae Adams appears to be without a quarterback. Um, Stephon Diggs is another name on this list that I think has a shot of cracking the top seven in the not-too-distant future. He is getting a little bit older. He's 26 years old, but he still has Josh Allen in that prolific passing offense. So uh, we shall see if he can climb up. The other name on this list, Kyle that I think is going to climb up and have a monster season at some point in his career is Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase of Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. He's only 21 years old. It's only his second year in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe his third. 1,455 yards last year. Where is he this year? I'm curious about this right now. He missed Um, some games this year, too. He did. He did with that injury. Um I think it was like a back injury, which was weird. But he's just so that that is an offense that is always going to air it out. Um, and he and Joe Burrow have that connection dating all the way back to LSU. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has some monster passing seasons in the not too distant future. So uh, the the receiving future of this list is bright, and I think this is going to be a drastically different looking seven at eleven list um, in a couple of years here. All-time, Kyle, do you have any guesses at the top seven all-time? Because Cup, Jones, and Jefferson uh, were top seven all-time, but there's some other fun names in there and some not-so-fun names. Uh, But do you have any guesses at the all-time single-season receiving list, not active players? I mean, you got Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, Megatron's number one all-time. That secured him a spot in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Randy Moss? Randy Moss, believe it or not, not, uh, is... 1,600, what was the most he had in a season? He had 16-32 in a season in 2003 with the uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I'm surprised he didn't have more than that. That one season with the Patriots, where he caught a bunch of touchdowns from Tom had Brady. Like 18 that touchdowns, season. right? That season, it was crazy, something like that. Um, but yeah, he's actually tied with Tyreek Hill this season right now. 20th all time is Randy Moss, which is a, a wild stat. But it just goes to show you how much the game has changed. Where in 2003, running the ball was more prevalent, right? It sure Even was. with Randy Moss. And Dante Culpepper, you weren't having monster receiving seasons like you are in today's day and age. Yeah, they're throwing the football around a lot more. How about Terrell Owens? Is he on that list? 
T.O. is not even close to the really? top, believe it or not. I guess because I'm trying I'm to scrolling, think big I'm years. scrolling. I guess T.O. just put Would up you? consistent numbers. Like 1,300 is like, like a phenomenal season, especially back then. Yeah. What did you make of that story from earlier this week? Uh, T.O. is 147th. His most prolific season, this is crazy, was 1,355 yards with the Cowboys in 2007. That's 147th all time. Crazy. Um what did you make of that story earlier this week that the Cowboys were flirting with bringing T.O. back into the mix for a playoff run at age 49? I thought it was an onion story. Is that, was that real? Was, is that, is that re- was that actually real? Were they actually flirting so too. with that? Uh, I, listen, with Jerry Jones, I think anything is possible. You know, any story looks like an onion story when, you're, uh, when your owner is uh, Jerry Jones. So uh, it didn't surprise me too terribly much, but I don't, uh, I don't count on that happening. I don't know if Mike McCarthy would want to incorporate Terrell Owens into his offense at this point in the season. Um, some other names in this top seven list, Kyle. Jerry Rice was number four. Antonio Brown was fifth all time. He had an eighteen hundred and thirty four yard yeah. season with the Steelers in twenty fifteen. I don't Crazy. know. I don't think people understand. Uh, Antonio Brown is like probably a Hall of Famer. If you look at his numbers, the numbers he put up are absolutely ridiculous. Like Antonio Brown was a yeah. Star. He just uh, it's, fell it's, off the map here these last couple of years. CT is real. Yeah, man, it's sad. It's sad that he fell off the map because you're right. I think from a numbers perspective, he would have made it, but uh, it's not all about numbers. It's about the uh, the entire picture. So and he's I don't not know that if old. AB's getting in. I think he's what? 34? No, he's 27. No, no. Antonio Brown's older than 27. Antonio Brown's probably like. Oh, he was 27 at that point. Yeah, in time. he's probably what 34 right he's now. He's 34 now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that Devontae Adams is what 31. Uh, Devontae Adams. Um. By the way, the last name on this list, as I look up Devonta Adams' age, was Isaac Bruce from The Greatest oh, Show. Oh, gotta love Earth. Isaac Bruce. Uh, he, he was a beast. Um, Devonta Adams is thirty. So yeah, I mean, thirty-four. Adams, usually, 30 years old. usually on the probably on the other side of it, but I mean, he he has some years there where he was just going a little bit. Those last three years weren't the weren't the best consistency. Yep. Exactly right. So congratulations to Chef Ed, the winner of our 7 at 11 list today. Coming up next on Sunday Karma, we will continue to preview this massive game between the Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. We will revisit Jair Alexander's comments from Thursday in the Packers locker room. That is next on Sunday Karma across ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life. It's Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Sunday Karma rolling on across ESPN Wisconsin. Brian D. in for Craig Karmazin as your cousin's sub of the day. You got your cover five picks in yet? You got some time, about half an hour until the games kick off. Football fans, cover five is back for the football season. We're closing in on the end of it. Sign up for cover five. You can still do it right now. It's free to play. All you got to do is join. 
for your chance to win an exclusive green and gold game day experience. You pick five games against the spread every single week. You get points if you beat the spread. You lose points if you lose against the spread. We've been doing this all season long. Kyle, I uh, I lost our season-long Sunday Karma betting contest that resulted in me making a trip to the European Wax Center in Menominee Falls earlier this year. That wasn't the most fun day of my, of my life. Um, I'm flirting with the bottom this year, but the, the prize isn't as vicious this year, correct, for losing cover five? It is it is the, not as vicious this year, but it is not appealing to I me. Yeah, no. Punishment, it's having to take the ACT examination. And let me tell you something about okay. me. I ain't got four hours to sit inside a classroom full of high school students taking an ACT only to be embarrassed by the score. I have test anxiety. I have time not being wasted. Anxiety, like, it, it, it is something I don't want to do. And so right now, sure. I am just trying to make sure I do not finish last. I think the race at the bottom is more exciting than a race at the top. It totally is. So who's flirting with the bottom right now? Because I know I'm in the mix. I think Jen Ladd is down there. Um, no, you're, which would you're, be fascinating. It would take for a miracle for you. I mean, you would need to just do awful. So basically what happened last week was I picked my picks are terrible. I, I just somehow I'm up and then all of a sudden I'm down. It's just terrible. I ended up negative one. But Matt Hamilton had an atrocious week. And so oh, I'm wow. at, yeah, I'm at minus one seventy. Matt Hamilton's at minus one sixty eight point five, I think, or maybe one sixty nine, something like that. And then Jen is like okay. at minus two something. I'm not a hundred percent sure whether Jen is in, all the way in or not because you know she's a busy woman, so sometimes she doesn't make of her course. picks. So I'm just trying to make sure I don't finish last or second to last. So we have a big race between basically me and Matt Hamilton. If I catch you, that means I'm doing really well. Okay, so I just got to not – I just basically have to make my picks the rest of the way is what it sounds like. Right? Exactly. Like if I make my picks as, as bad as I can – like the worst-case scenario is I don't make picks and the bottom just drops out, right? But as long as I remember to put my picks in at cover five on the app every uh, single week, I'm in the clear. It's not that easy because last week had you picked the Broncos to maybe cover – <laughs> you you would have been, like, negative forever. <laughs> so, like, it's not just making picks. There's some strategy to it, but I tried doing a homer strategy of going with the dogs. Oh, oh, oh. I tried the dogs. Didn't work. I tried picking, you know, teams that were hot. Didn't work. Carolina Panthers, every time I pick them, either they don't cover when I pick them or when I pick against them, they yeah. win. So I can't touch them. The Atlanta Falcons are the exact same way. I used to pick the Green Bay Packers, but they wanted to lose, 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 lose. And now all of a sudden they want to win. So this is just entirely too stressful for me, Brian. It really is. It's a very fun game to play cover five. But when you got taken a test, an ACT test, with 17 and 16 and 18-year-olds, it's not that appealing. That's the embarrassing part. It's not the fact, like, I, I don't care as much about the score. Like, my score would be atrocious. It would be terrible. But, like, the embarrassing part of this year's punishment is that you have to sit in the classroom for four hours with a bunch of kids that are trying to get into college and do really well, and you're there as a, re a result of your bad sports picks. Um, Homer, by the way, that underdog strategy is working out for him. He's in second place right now. I don't know what Ben Brust is doing, but he's running away with this thing. And that's really disappointing because that, in my opinion, would have been the funniest outcome to see Ben Brusco go take the ACT and just see how horrifically he would have done. We all know from listening to Scalzo and Brust, he's terrible on uh, Are You Smarter Than Ben Brust? Um, so I would have loved to see what his ACT score would have been. But regardless, sign up for Cover 5 today. Kyle, uh, we talked with Jason Wilde in the first hour of the show today here on Sunday Karma. He brought up a really interesting possibility that for some reason I had not thought of. I've been poking around on this ESPN NFL playoff machine for a while, but 
This is the outcome I'm rooting for from today's games. The Packers obviously to win. If the Packers beat the Vikings, they keep their playoff hopes alive for at least another week. If the Commanders lose at home to the Cleveland Browns, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility despite the fact that the Browns are terrible and Deshaun Watson's a horrible human and uh, all these different things. They've still got a good defense and a good rushing attack in Cleveland and the Commanders are starting Carson Wentz today. So you just never know what's going to happen. But if those two outcomes happen, it sets up a win-in-your-in situation. Between uh, The other outcome that needs to happen is the Lions beating the Bears today, which I think we all expect to happen at Ford Field in Detroit. Uh, if those three things happen, it sets up a win-in-your-in scenario here at Lambeau Field between the Packers and the Lions next week. And none of the games in the NFL have kickoff times yet because the league is waiting to see what matchup they would want to put in prime time what games matter in terms of playoff implications so they can line those things up and play them at the same time and create an insane red zone-like experience for all of us next Sunday, right? Like, that's what the NFL wants is peak drama. I think if that happens, we would totally get Packers versus Lions in prime time here at Lambeau next week. I don't think you could avoid it. It doesn't look like there's a more important game across the National Football League because I... the AFC playoff picture is pretty much solidified, at least for the uh, division winners. You would potentially get a seven-seed Miami Jets sort of situation, but um, maybe that's the game they would go with too because Miami and the Jets are playing each other. So those would be the two, right? You would either get Packers versus Lions in primetime or Miami versus the Jets next week uh, to see who would sneak into the playoffs on the back end. But um, I'd be curious to see who they would take, especially if Tua's not playing, right? Because that takes away some of the, the sex appeal, so to speak, of that Jets versus Dolphins game. Yeah, I mean, the Packers, because of how well the Lions have played this season in the last couple weeks, I should say, really the last second half of the season, that makes it very appealing. I don't think without Tua, I don't know how much appeal you have there. So, I mean... So we'll, we'll definitely see with that. But my big thing here is, as a Packers fan, why? what's the incentive of making the playoffs? Like, what? what is the point? We have had significantly better teams than we have had this year, and we have failed yeah, and we have lost. So what? Like, what is exciting about a Green Bay Packers team making the playoffs, getting our hopes up, and having us all look like fools trying to say, well, if they can do this or they can do that, Dude, that could get some hope. That Just for sailed. my hope to be dashed no, 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 no. again. That ship sailed so long ago. If you were going to go in on the the Packers shouldn't make the playoffs because they're horrible this year thing, you should have done it when you were 4-8. Oh, I did it. I said they yourself. should have benched Rodgers. Oh, I said fine. put Jordan Love in. Let Jordan Love but play. Let's see what you got. But what's you can't the do it now. What's the purpose? Like, is, is making the playoffs now the goal? Is this is where the disconnect with it me has and the be. rest of Packers Nation is? What? What? What's the purpose? We've made the playoffs and we did not do anything. I want a Super Bowl. Like, what is the point of me being excited? Oh yeah, we we're in this super super wild card week this week just for us to get destroyed by twenty five points and go back to next year or look to next season and be like, well, at least they made the playoffs for what? Well, yeah. What, one extra game that, of us getting embarrassed? No, no. My, you, I, listen, you have to get I into can't. the tournament to try and win. I, it, like, uh, it, it, to try, we can't. You could get through Wild Card Weekend. You oh, totally could. It would, then, be, it would be incredibly what? difficult. But I'll take Aaron Rodgers versus Brock Purdy. From 4-8 and eight to Wild Card Weekend against Mr. Irrelevance, I will take that season trajectory this year Brian. at this point. You have to root for that now. 
Did you yeah, or, see? Like, so, 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 Kyle, let me ask you this uh-huh. because this is where you are from. For, and you're a Packer fan. I love this my is Packers. your mindset I, right I now. I had to, I had to stop because it was ruining my Sundays. It was like I could not after after they lost in London, Brian. I was I took a nap at noon because I just I could. I could, and then I said, oh, maybe next week against Washington we'll have a chance. And I said, I just can't do this. And then was it Detroit after that? And I, I just threw my hands up. I had to stop. Sure. I got too emotionally invested in this team, and I just couldn't for my own health and well-being and my family's well-being. So that's why I'm taking the approach. Don't even get me to the point where I'm excited about a potential Super Bowl run that the Packers could have okay. just to be hurt so- again. Not in twenty twenty. Would Brian. you let me? Because because you sound like this season has taken a lot out of you, and I think that's that's fair for a lot of Packers fans. It's been a rough go of it. We've all been in a bad way. Let me ask you this question: Would you rather the Green Bay Packers get into the playoffs and get demolished by San Francisco on Wild Card Weekend, which would be the likely opponent, or would you rather them just lose today? Put you out of your misery and start Jordan Love next week in a meaningless football game? What would you prefer? I never. Cheer for the Packers to lose. I don't like. I always okay. want the Packers to lose. I mean, excuse me, win. I always want the Packers to win. If the Packers were to lose today, it would hurt because it's against the Vikings. But it would just make me a little bit feeling okay knowing that it's over. We don't have to talk about this, and we can focus on next year trying to get healthier. We can focus on firing our defensive coordinator. We can focus on taking steps next season to make this team, this offense, a little bit better. I feel like next year will be a better year because your rookies that you have this year will have a second year under their belt, and they understand what the Mm -hmm. NFL is. Maybe you find another tight end that can be a legitimate weapon for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe, you know— you get a healthy David Bakhtiari. Maybe you get a healthier Elton Jenkins, and your offensive line is a little bit better. Maybe Rashawn Gary comes back maybe week six, and your team looks – I mean, you have a better uh, defensive uh, scheme in there, and your team is more of a cohesive unit. Your inside linebacker, who's supposed to be a stud, he's played decent this year, he has another year under his belt. So all I'm saying is this year we have no hope. But next year, next year. I can be a little bit more hopeful when the season starts because we have all these things that look like they're going to be bright in the future. So, yes, get okay. me out of my misery. You heard it here first. Kyle, Kyle Walsh just wants to be put out of his misery. He yeah. does not want the Packers to make the playoffs Brian. because it's a complete waste of time. Uh, and just, well, can, can you just imagine this? Can you just imagine? Last year against Jimmy G, the Packers legitimately shut them defensively. They shut them down. That was an absolute yes. special teams disaster embarrassment, and our offense did nothing. Can you imagine yep. Aaron Rodgers going to San Francisco and our defense actually playing decently well, but then losing to Brock Purdy? What does that do for oh. us? That would just be awful in a more conversations in the off season. So let's just you say you got to take your chances. Yeah, listen, I'm a hope for I hope for a win, but I also wouldn't mind the Giants winning because if the Giants win this week, right, it's over. That's right. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah. Yep. All right. So uh, listen, let's oh, get the dog. Uh, no, no. If the Packers, if the Packers uh, so win today, it's not over. It's regardless. not. So it's not over. Regardless. So, so, so if we win out, we legitimately have. If this the Packers shot. win, they will be alive going into next week. Period. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I guess another. I really think the Packers are going to win today. I, I told people all this week. Ah, we're going to mess around. <sighs> the Packers are going to mess around and find our ways in playoffs. I'm just. I already see it. I see it. And then we will never live down the Mr. Irrelevant jokes after they lose to Brock Purdy on wildcard weekend, according to Kyle Wallace. We'll see how it all shakes out, and we will get the rest of Kyle Wallace's picks. Mine, as well, our Palermo's picks on Cover 5 are coming up next as we wrap up Sunday Karma across ESPN Wisconsin. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. 
It's that time. Yes, it's finally here. Craig makes his picks of the week. You can bet the house on Picks of the week on Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin. Presented by Palermo's Pizza, Wisconsin's hometown pizza. Can't wait to see what happens next. On ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. There's got to be a screaming Sicilian around here somewhere at the Tundra Trio in Green Bay ahead of Packers, Vikings. 325 kickoff Green Bay game day with Greg Matzik, Gary Ellerson, and Jason Wilde coming up in just about 10 minutes' time across ESPN Wisconsin. For now, it is Sunday Karma. Brian D. in for Craig Karmazin. Time to make our Palermo's picks. I'm a screaming Sicilian guy. I've done a couple of frozen pizzas over the last couple of weeks between Christmas and New Year's. New Year's. It's just an easy thing to do. Nobody wants to cook. Everybody's feeling lazy this time of year. Screaming Sicilian, easy thing to do. I like the supreme one with the secret recipe tomato sauce, whole milk mozzarella, mozzarella as my grandpa would call it, sausage, pepperoni, red peppers, green peppers, black olives, and yellow onions. Kyle, let's make our Palermo's picks on cover five. We just talked about how the punishment this year is taking the ACT and it's looking like Jen Latta may be the one going to her local high school to take the ACT this spring. That would be unbelievable. Uh, but a lot of games on the slate for Cover 5 this week. Let's start with you, Kyle. Take me through your Cover 5 picks across this National Football League Sunday. All right. I always love doing the Cover 5 picks here every single Sunday because it allows me time to kind of review my picks to see what I am going with for this week. I didn't touch that Tennessee versus Dallas game this week. Should have because I'm going to pick Dallas and I would have got a couple points there, probably a plus four. But Brian D., I want to thank you. You know why I want to thank you? Why is that? Because you reminded me that Teddy Bridgewater – will be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins today as they head to New England. Now, Teddy Bridgewater can definitely win. Miami. No, they could definitely they can definitely win, but I decided, you know what? Ah, Miami might continue losing here as they go north in a little bit of cold weather, so I got off of that. So the first game I'm actually picking is a noon game where I'm picking the Giants to cover the spread against, as you said, the Fighting Saturdays as they will cover the spread of minus five today. They better win. They better, better, better win. I swear for goodness. The fighting Saturdays. There's no way the Colts are winning that game. I think that's a good pick uh, for you. My first pick, Kyle, uh, is also a noon game. I'm on the Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville Jaguar, Doug Peterson bandwagon right now. I think they're going to come from behind and win that AFC South division and be a playoff team. So I got Jacksonville minus four over the hapless Houston Texans who are just sputtering down the stretch into the offseason. I like that game as well, but I did not pick it. But I may. I have time. I have about nine minutes now to still make that pick. But for my second pick is this game here. I have not been a true believer in the Detroit Lions most of this season. But they have continued to show up and show out. Even in the loss against Carolina, which they should have not have lost that game, they still showed a little fight there at the end. So I am going to pick Detroit at home to cover five and a half against the Chicago Ooh. Bears. Come on now, Lions. Wow. Restore the roar for Kyle Wallace picking the Detroit Lions over the Chicago Bears and keeping their playoff hopes alive. This pick is going to shock you, Kyle. Our player most picks on cover five. This pick will, you might not talk the rest of the show. Um, Broncos country, let's ride. No way. That spread, that spread against Kansas City is enormous. 13 and a half. I just, I need to take the risk to see if the Broncos have any pride any fired head coach boost 
Can Russell Wilson do anything, right? Do you have any pride to even keep that game close and earn me some points against the spread on cover five? I'm taking the Broncos today, plus 13.5 against the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. I do think there is something, Kyle, to this fired head coach boost where when your head coach gets fired, everybody else is sort of like, oh, if he got fired, I might get fired too. So everybody's kind of playing motivated for their job. I like the Broncos, not to win today, but to at least try and cover that plus 13.5 spread. That's not a terrible pick, only because you get the 13.5 points. So if they lose by 21, you're just minus 7. I'm not taking it after they got destroyed last week. The Kansas City Chiefs have something to play for. I think they have something to prove. I don't trust them enough to pick Kansas City, but I definitely think this may be a two-score game. So where I'm going next is, we talked about it before, the guy that you think don't want to see us, I think we don't want to see them, and that will be San Francisco covering the six-point spread in Las Vegas. This 49er team, I think, is very, very good. They're hot. Their defense is phenomenal. And you got Jared Stedeman, Stedeman? I don't even know. Stedeman. Stedeman? I don't even know. Devontae Adams Adams doesn't know either, nor does he care. That Las Vegas team is not very happy. They're not a great unit. They should probably fire Josh McDaniels like the Broncos did many years ago. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers to cover. I'm going all the the one-score games here. Over one score, Ryan. You've inspired me. I'm going to make a switcheroo and take San Francisco in that game as well. I'm coming off of the Sunday night game tonight. I had Pittsburgh plus three at Baltimore. Tyler Huntley is still starting for the Ravens. I feel bad for Lamar. He went into this season motivated, trying to get that $300 million contract, and it just hasn't worked out for him. Now he's got the injury. So I'm coming off Pittsburgh-Baltimore and going to San Francisco there. I like that uh, inspirational pick from you. Uh, My next one here, Kyle... This is solely to try to make up points on the rest of our teammates in our league at Cover 5 for ESPN Wisconsin. Oh, you're still trying to win. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm not trying to win. I'm just trying not to like finish as low because I'm pretty toward the bottom right now. Uh, but just to make up some ground, I think a lot of folks are going to pick the Packers to win today. They're, they're three-point favorites in this game. I, I just don't so, understand why we're the favorite. I don't know either, which is why I'm picking Minnesota. Not to necess- I, I don't want them to win. I want the Packers to keep their playoff hopes alive at least for another week, but just for cover five purposes, potentially to make up some ground on the rest of my teammates and kind of hedge if the Packers do lose, I'm taking Minnesota. It's a hedge. I am torn for this one here, Brian, because I think is this our this is our fourth pick, right? Is our fourth or fifth? I'm I'm Correct. pretty I'm, I'm pretty yep. torn. So for my fifth pick, I'm torn. This one here is this is my big one. I got minus two and a half Seattle. I need Seattle to cover. I picked them in every league. I need Seattle not only to cover, but I need them to win, and they need to win as well. Even with Mike White coming back, and the Jets still with their playoff hopes alive by a threat as well. He's taking. They got to go to Seattle. They got to go East Coast team. Got to go to the West Coast. We'll see. Um, And then my final pick, no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. One-point favorite on the road at Cincinnati on Monday Night Football. This game is a de facto for the one seed in the AFC game. It might be the game of the year in the National Football League tomorrow night on ESPN. So I'm taking Buffalo in that game to try and secure that number one seed in the AFC playoff picture. Just a one-point spread. So whoever wins, you're probably getting some points on cover five. Brian D., dare I take this team? I said Carolina always fails me when I pick them or I pick against them. Do I dare believe in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to beat Carolina at home oh. today? Do I, do, I, do I trust them? Do I trust them, Brian? Do I pick Tampa Bay? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. 
even though TB12 is there, I just they've had one of those seasons where they feel like a hard team to trust. Uh, it's either the Eagles or Tampa Bay. Let me know which one, Brian. Man, Carolina's kind of got the sauce right now. Uh, they got. Oh, okay. I'll pick Philly. I'll pick take Philly. Carolina. Do it. No, I, you can, I'm, you I'm can not taking. I'm not touching Carolina. No, because I, I can yell at you while I'm taking the ACT. You want to help a brother prep for the ACT? I can't do that. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm just gonna go with the short. I'll thing. help you with your ACT prep. Philadelphia, they'll probably win. I'm not sure by seven, but we're gonna find out sooner or later. Thanks, Brian D. Thank you, sir. This has been Sunday Karma across ESPN Wisconsin. Green Bay game day with Greg Matz and Gary Ellison. Jason Wildey coming up next. Kyle, hit him with the outro. This is ESPN Wisconsin and ESPNWisconsin.com. It didn't trip anybody up or make anybody lose. So Julio Jones was a guest, I believe, by Jake, who was a teacher in Madison. He called us a couple of minutes ago. Julio Jones actually occupies two spots on this list. So Cooper Cup is number one. Julio Jones, number two. Justin Jefferson, number three. Julio Jones is also number five on this list for a performance in 2018. He's got two of the top seven seasons, uh, but uh, Jake uh, had an incorrect guess as well after that, so I don't feel too terribly bad about it. Is that a fair judgment on how things are going? Yeah, that's fair. You know, there's something called momentum where you get it right, and so then your mind starts turning. But it's all right. If Jake wants to have another shot at it, a third shot, Jake can definitely call back if he wants to. All right, 800-990-3776, the phone number to get in if you want to take a stab at this list. Let's go to Chef Ed. Chef Ed, you are on Sunday Karma across ESPN Wisconsin, 7 at 11. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Happy New Year to you, Brian. Uh, right back at you. What do you got on this are... list? Okay, on the list, though, I like the keyword is active. So I think a lot of these players did it earlier. Like, this guy is pretty much falling off recently, but... But he had great – I'm going to say Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, fantastic guess, is number four on the active list, 1,725 yards with the New Orleans Saints in 2019. It's an awesome guess, but you're right, he has fallen off the map because of injuries and other things over the last couple of years. But yeah, Michael Thomas is on the list, so we've got Cooper Cup 1, Julio Jones 2, Justin Jefferson 3, Michael Thomas 4, and Julio Jones 5. We are missing 6, and we are missing 7. Can Chef Ed keep it going? Look, here's the guy whose name is always in the stats, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is number seven on the list, actually, for this season, Chef Ed. He's got two games to go, so he could potentially climb up 1,632 yards so far this season for the Miami Dolphins. We've got one name to go. Can Chef Ed close it out with his final name <laughs> on the top seven at 11? All right, I got I got two names written down in front of me here. I know I'm going to guess the wrong one. I'm going to try Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon Gordon is a correct answer from Chef Ed. Nicely done. I I thought that was going to be the trickiest one, Chef Ed, because he's still active. Yeah, Devontae was already guessed, so I'm glad you can go with that one. Uh, Stefan Diggs is just out. Yeah, oh, Stephon Diggs is just outside as well, but you went the right direction with Josh Gordon. Uh, congratulations, Chef Ed. You're going to win yourself an ESPN Milwaukee t-shirt hanging the line. I thought that was going to be a tricky one because Josh Gordon, this is an active list. People forget he was with the Tennessee Titans this year until October. 
he hasn't retired. He's still, you know, up for grabs, but he's a free agent at this point in the season. So he qualifies as active. He had that monster season in 2013 with the Cleveland Browns, 1,646 yards. He is number six on this list. So Chef Ed is the winner. Cooper Cup, Julio Jones, Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones again, Josh Gordon, and Tyree Kill. You're a 7 out of 11. Congratulations to Chef Ed. Uh, I'm curious to see if any of these other names just outside the 7 at 11 will ever peek in here. A couple of interesting names. Devontae Adams, I could not believe, had not had a more prolific receiving season than 1,553 yards. And that was last season here in Green Bay before going to the Raiders. And I think we all would have bet that Devontae would have had a more prolific season than that, even changing quarterbacks. But now... That leaves a lot to be determined for Devontae Adams' future because it looks like the Raiders are preparing to move on from Derek Carr. The grass They're ain't always greener on the other side. Both teams found that out this year. Definitely not this. And Kyle, I'm fascinated with how the Raiders are handling that situation because Derek Carr has got a big chunk of money guaranteed uh, if he gets hurt. Um, at, at some point before next season. So that's why the Raiders are benching him. They don't want him to get hurt. They benched him for these final two games so uh, they don't run the risk of him getting hurt and having to guarantee him that money, which would lead you to believe that they're going to try and move on from him this offseason. So Devontae Adams appears to be without a quarterback. Um, Stephon Diggs is another name on this list that I think has a shot of cracking the top seven in the not-too-distant future. He is getting a little bit older. He's 26 years old, but he still has Josh Allen in that prolific passing offense. So uh, we shall see if he can climb up. The other name on this list, Kyle that I think is going to climb up and have a monster season at some point in his career is Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase of Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. He's only 21 years old. It's only his second year in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe his third. 1,455 yards last year. Where is he this year? I'm curious about this right now. He missed Um, some games this year, too. He did. He did with that injury. Um I think it was like a back injury, which was weird. But he's just so that that is an offense that is always going to air it out. Um, and he and Joe Burrow have that connection dating all the way back to LSU. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has some monster passing seasons in the not too distant future. So uh, the the receiving future of this list is bright, and I think this is going to be a drastically different looking seven at eleven list um, in a couple of years here. All-time, Kyle, do you have any guesses at the top seven all-time? Because Cup, Jones, and Jefferson uh, were top seven all-time, but there's some other fun names in there and some not-so-fun names. Uh, But do you have any guesses at the all-time single-season receiving list, not active players? I mean, you got Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, Megatron's number one all-time. That secured him a spot in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Randy Moss? Randy Moss, believe it or not, not, uh, is... 1,600, what was the most he had in a season? He had 16-32 in a season in 2003 with the uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I'm surprised he didn't have more than that. That one season with the Patriots, where he caught a bunch of touchdowns from Tom had Brady. Like 18 in that near touchdowns, right? That season, it was crazy, something like that. Um, but yeah, he's actually tied with Tyreek Hill this season right now. 20th all time is Randy Moss, which is a, a wild stat. But it just goes to show you how much the game has changed. Where in 2003. Running the ball was more prevalent, right? Sure Even was. with Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper, you weren't having monster receiving seasons like you are in today's day and age. Yeah, they're throwing the football around a lot more. How about Terrell Owens? Is he on that list? 
T.O. is not even close to the really? top, believe it or not. I guess because I'm trying I'm to scrolling, think big I'm years. scrolling. I guess T.O. just put Would up you? consistent numbers. Like 1,300 is like, like a phenomenal season, especially back then. Yeah. What did you make of that story from earlier this week? Uh, T.O. is 147th. His most prolific season, this is crazy, was 1,355 yards with the Cowboys in 2007. That's 147th all time. Crazy. Um, what did you make of that story earlier this week that the Cowboys were flirting with bringing T.O. back into the mix for a playoff run at age 49? I thought it was an onion story. Is that, was that real? Was, is that, is that re- was that actually real? Were they actually flirting so with that? Uh, I listen with Jerry Jones. I think anything is possible. You know, a- any story looks like an onion story when your uh, when your owner is uh, Jerry Jones. So uh, it didn't surprise me too terribly much. But I don't uh, I don't count on that happening. I don't know if Mike McCarthy would want to incorporate Terrell Owens into his offense at this point in the season. Um, some other names in this top seven list: Kyle, Jerry Rice was number four. Antonio Brown was fifth all time. He had an eighteen hundred and thirty four yard yeah. season with the Steelers in twenty fifteen. I don't Crazy. know. I don't think people understand. Uh, Antonio Brown is like probably a Hall of Famer. If you look at his numbers, the numbers he put up are absolutely ridiculous. Like Antonio Brown was a yeah. Star. He just uh, it's, fell it's, off the map here these last couple of years. CT is real. Yeah, man, it's sad. It, it's sad that he fell off the map because you're right. I think from a numbers perspective, he would have made it, but uh, it's not all about numbers. It's about the uh, the entire picture. So and he's I don't not know that if old. AB's getting in. I think he's what thirty. No, he's twenty seven. No, no, Antonio Brown's older than twenty seven. Antonio Brown's probably like oh, he was twenty seven at that point. Yeah, in time. he's probably what thirty four right he's now. He's thirty four now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that Devontae Adams is what thirty one. Uh, Devontae Adams, um. By the way, the last name on this list, as I look up Devonta Adams' age, was Isaac Bruce from the Greatest oh, Show. Oh, gotta love Earth. Isaac Bruce. Uh, he, he was a beast. Um, Devonta Adams is thirty. So yeah, I mean, thirty-four. Devontae Adams usually, 30 years old. Usually on the probably on the other side of it, but I mean, he he had some years there where he was just going a little bit. Those last three years weren't the weren't the best consistency. Yep. Exactly right. So congratulations to Chef Ed, the winner of our 7 at 11 list today. Coming up next on Sunday Karma, we will continue to preview this massive game between the Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. We will revisit Jair Alexander's comments from Thursday in the Packers locker room. That is next on Sunday Karma across ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life. It's Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Sunday Karma rolling on across ESPN Wisconsin. Brian D. in for Craig Karmazin as your cousin's sub of the day. You got your cover five picks in yet? You got some time, about half an hour until the games kick off. Football fans, cover five is back for the football season. We're closing in on the end of it. Sign up for cover five. You can still do it right now. It's free to play. All you got to do is join for your chance to win an exclusive green and gold game day experience. You pick five games against the spread every single week. You get points if you beat the spread. You lose points if you lose against the spread. We've been doing this all season long. Kyle, I uh, I lost our season-long Sunday Karma betting contest that resulted in me making a trip to the European Wax Center in Menominee Falls earlier this year. That wasn't the most fun day of my, of my life. Um, 
I'm flirting with the bottom this year, but the the prize isn't as vicious this year, correct, for losing cover five? It is it is the, not as vicious this year, but it is not appealing to I me. Yeah, no. Punishment, it's having to take the ACT examination. And let me tell you something about okay. me. I ain't got four hours to sit inside a classroom full of high school students taking an ACT only to be embarrassed by the score. I have test anxiety. I have time not being wasted. Anxiety, like, it, it, it is something I don't want to do. And so right now, sure. I am just trying to make sure I do not finish last. I think the race at the bottom is more exciting than a race at the top. It totally is. So who's flirting with the bottom right now? Because I know I'm in the mix. I think Jen Ladd is down there. Um, no, you're, you're fascinating. It would take for a miracle for you. I mean, you would need to just do awful. So basically what happened last week was I picked my picks are terrible. I, I just somehow I'm up and then all of a sudden I'm down. It's just terrible. I ended up negative one. But Matt Hamilton had an atrocious week. And so, oh, I'm wow. at, yeah, I'm at minus 170. Matt Hamilton's at minus 168.5, I think, or maybe 169, something like that. And then Jen is like okay. at minus two something. I'm not 100% sure whether Jen is in, all the way in or not because, you know, she's a busy woman. So sometimes she doesn't make of her course. picks. So I'm just trying to make sure I don't finish last or second to last. So we have a big race between basically me and Matt Hamilton. If I catch you, that means I'm doing really well. Okay, so I just got to not – I just basically have to make my picks the rest of the way is what it sounds like. Right? Exactly. Like if and I make my picks as, as bad as I can – like the worst-case scenario is I don't make picks and the bottom just drops out, right? But as long as I remember to put my picks in at cover five on the app every uh, single week, I'm in the clear. It's not that easy because last week had you picked the Broncos to maybe cover – <laughs> you you would have been like negative forever. <laughs> so like it's not just making picks. There's some strategy to it, but I tried doing of homer course. strategy of going with the dogs. Oh, oh, oh. I tried the dogs, didn't work. I tried picking, you know, teams that were hot, didn't work. Carolina Panthers, every time I pick them, either they don't cover when I pick them or when I pick against them, they yeah. win. So I can't touch them. The Atlanta Falcons are the exact same way. I used to pick the Green Bay Packers, but they wanted to lose, 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 and now all of a sudden they want to win. So this is just entirely too stressful for me, Brian. It really is. It's a very fun game to play cover five, but when you got taken a test, an ACT test, with 17 and 16 and 18-year-olds, it's not that appealing. That's the embarrassing part. It's not the fact, like, I, I don't care as much about the score. Like, my score would be atrocious. It would be terrible. But, like, the embarrassing part of this year's punishment is that you have to sit in the classroom for four hours with a bunch of kids that are trying to get into college and do really well, and you're there as a, a result of your bad sports picks. Um, Homer, by the way, that underdog strategy is working out for him. He's in second place right now. I don't know what Ben Brust is doing, but he's running away with this thing. And that's really disappointing because that, in my opinion, would have been the funniest outcome to see Ben Brusco take the ACT and just see how horrifically he would have done. We all know from listening to Scalzo and Brust, he's terrible on uh, are you smarter than Ben Brust? Um, so I would have loved to see what his ACT score would have been. But regardless, sign up for Cover 5 today. Kyle, uh, we talked with Jason Wildey in the first hour of the show today here on Sunday Karma. He brought up a really interesting possibility that for some reason I had not thought of. I've been poking around on this ESPN NFL playoff machine for a while, but this is the outcome I'm rooting for from today's games. The Packers obviously to win. If the Packers beat the Vikings, they keep their playoff hopes alive for at least another week. If the Commanders lose at home to the Cleveland Browns, which... 
I don't think is out of the realm of possibility, despite the fact that the Browns are terrible and Deshaun Watson's a horrible human and uh, all these different things. They've still got a good defense and a good rushing attack in Cleveland, and the Commanders are starting Carson Wentz today. So you just never know what's going to happen. But if those two outcomes happen, it sets up a win-in-your-in situation. Between uh, The other outcome that needs to happen is the Lions beating the Bears today, which I think we all expect to happen at Ford Field in Detroit. Uh, if those three things happen, it sets up a win-in-your-in scenario here at Lambeau Field between the Packers and the Lions next week. And none of the games in the NFL have kickoff times yet because the league is waiting to see what matchup they would want to put in prime time what games matter in terms of playoff implications so they can line those things up and play them at the same time and create an insane red zone-like experience for all of us next Sunday, right? Like, that's what the NFL wants is peak drama. I think if that happens, we would totally get Packers versus Lions in prime time here at Lambeau next week. I don't think you could avoid it. It doesn't look like there's a more important game across the National Football League because... The AFC playoff picture is pretty much solidified, at least for the uh, division winners. You would potentially get a seven-seed Miami Jets sort of situation, but um, maybe that's the game they would go with too because Miami and the Jets are playing each other. So those would be the two, right? You would either get Packers versus Lions in prime time or Miami versus the Jets next week uh, to see who would sneak into the playoffs on the back end. But um, I'd be curious to see who they would take, especially if Tua's not playing. Right, because that takes away some of the the sex appeal, so to speak, of that Jets versus Dolphins game. Yeah, I mean, the Packers because of how well the Lions have played this season in the last couple weeks, I should say, really the last second half of the season, that makes it very appealing. I don't think without Tua, I don't know how much appeal you have there. So I mean, so we'll, we'll definitely see with that. But my big thing here is, as a Packers fan, why? What's the incentive of making the playoffs? Like, what? What is the point? We have had significantly better teams than we have had this year, and we have failed yeah, and we have lost. So, what? Like, what is exciting about a Green Bay Packers team making the playoffs, getting our hopes up, and having us all look like fools trying to say, "Well, if they can do this or they can do that, Dude, that could get some hope." Just for sailed. my hope to be dashed no, no, no. again. That ship sailed so long ago. If you were going to go in on the the Packers shouldn't make the playoffs because they're horrible this year thing, you should have done it when you were 4-8. Oh, I did you it. I said they yourself. should have benched Rodgers. Oh, I said just put Jordan Love in. Let Jordan Love but play. Let's see now. what you got. But what's you can't the do point? it now. What's the purpose? Like, is, is making the playoffs now the goal? Is This is where the disconnect with it me and the be. rest of Packers Nation is. What? What? What's the purpose? We've made the playoffs and we did not do anything. I want a Super Bowl. Like, what is the point of me being excited? Oh, yeah, we, we're in this super, super wild card week this week just for us to get destroyed by 25 points and go back to next year or look to next season and be like, well, at least they made the playoffs. For what? Well, yeah. what, one extra game that, of us getting embarrassed? No. No. My, you, I, listen, you have to get I into can't. the tournament to try and win. I, it, like, uh, it, it, to try? We can't. You could get through wild card weekend. You oh, totally could. It then, would be, it would be incredibly what? difficult. But I'll take Aaron Rodgers versus Brock Purdy. From 4-8 and eight to wild card weekend against Mr. Irrelevance, I will take that season trajectory this year Brian. at this point. You have to root for that now. Did you yeah, or see? like so 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 Kyle? Let me ask you this uh-huh. because this is where you are from. For, and you're a Packer fan. I love this my is Packers. your mindset. I, right I, now. I had to I had to stop because it was ruining my Sundays. It was like I could not after after they lost in London, Brian. I was I took a nap at noon because <laughs> I just I could 
I could. And then I said, oh, maybe next week against Washington we'll have a chance. And I said, I just can't do this. And then was it Detroit after that? And I, I just threw my hands up. I had to stop. Sure. I got too emotionally invested in this team, and I just couldn't for my own health and well-being and my family's well-being. So that's why I'm taking the approach. Don't even get me to the point where I'm excited about a potential Super Bowl run that the Packers could have okay. just to be hurt so- again. Not in twenty twenty. Would Brian. you let me? Because because you sound like this season has taken a lot out of you, and I think that's that's fair for a lot of Packers fans. It's been a rough go of it. We've all been in a bad way. Let me ask you this question: Would you rather the Green Bay Packers get into the playoffs and get demolished by San Francisco on Wild Card Weekend, which would be the likely opponent, or would you rather them just lose today? Put you out of your misery and start Jordan Love next week in a meaningless football game? What would you prefer? I never. Cheer for the Packers to lose. I don't like. I always okay. want the Packers to lose. I mean, excuse me, win. I always want the Packers to win. If the Packers were to lose today, it would hurt because it's against the Vikings. But it would just make me a little bit feeling okay knowing that it's over. We don't have to talk about this, and we can focus on next year trying to get healthier. We can focus on firing our defensive coordinator. We can focus on taking steps next season to make this team, this offense, a little bit better. I feel like next year will be a better year because your rookies that you have this year will have a second year under their belt, and they understand what the Mm -hmm. NFL is. Maybe you find another tight end that can be a legitimate weapon for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe, you know— you get a healthy David Bakhtiari. Maybe you get a healthier Elton Jenkins, and your offensive line is a little bit better. Maybe Rashawn Gary comes back maybe week six, and your team looks – I mean, you have a better uh, defensive uh, scheme in there, and your team is more of a cohesive unit. Your inside linebacker, who's supposed to be a stud, he's played decent this year, he has another year under his belt. So all I'm saying is this year we have no hope. But next year, next year. I can be a little bit more hopeful when the season starts because we have all these things that look like they're going to be bright in the future. So, yes, get okay. me out of my misery. You heard it here first. Kyle, Kyle Walsh just wants to be put out of his misery. He yeah. does not want the Packers to make the playoffs Brian. because it's a complete waste of time. Uh, and just, well, can, can you just imagine this? Can you just imagine? Last year against Jimmy G, the Packers legitimately shut them defensively. They shut them down. That was an absolute yes. special teams disaster embarrassment, and our offense did nothing. Can you imagine yep. Aaron Rodgers going to San Francisco and our defense actually playing decently well, but then losing to Brock Purdy? What does that do for us? Oh. That would just be awful in a more conversations in the off season. So let's just you say you got to take your chances. Yeah, listen, I'm a hope for I hope for a win, but I also wouldn't mind the Giants winning because if the Giants win this week, right, it's over. That's right. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah. Yep. All right. So uh, listen, let's well, get the dog. Uh, no, no. If the Packers, if the Packers uh, so win today, it's not over. It's regardless. not. So it's not over. Also, so so if we win out, we legitimately have. If the this Packers shot. win, they will be alive going into next week. Period. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I guess another. I really think the Packers are going to win today. I, I told people all this week. Ah, we're going to mess <sighs> around. The Packers are going to mess around and find our ways in playoffs. I'm just. I already see it. I see it. And then we will never live down the Mr. Irrelevant jokes after they lose to Brock Purdy on Wild Card Weekend, according to Kyle Wallace. We'll see how it all shakes out, and we will get the rest of Kyle Wallace's picks. Mine, as well, our Palermo's picks on Cover 5 are coming up next as we wrap up Sunday Karma across ESPN Wisconsin. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. It's that time. Yes, it's finally here. Craig makes his picks of the week. You can bet the house on it. Picks of the week on Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin. Presented by Palermo's Pizza, Wisconsin's hometown pizza. Can't wait to see what happens next. On ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. 
There's got to be a screaming Sicilian around here somewhere at the Tundra Trio in Green Bay ahead of Packers, Vikings. 325 kickoff Green Bay game day with Greg Matzik, Gary Ellerson, and Jason Wilde coming up in just about 10 minutes' time across ESPN Wisconsin. For now, it is Sunday Karma. Brian D. in for Craig Karmazin. Time to make our Palermo's picks. I'm a screaming Sicilian guy. I've done a couple of frozen pizzas over the last couple of weeks between Christmas and New Year's. New Year's. It's just an easy thing to do. Nobody wants to cook. Everybody's feeling lazy this time of year. Screaming Sicilian, easy thing to do. I like the supreme one with the secret recipe tomato sauce, whole milk mozzarella, mozzarella as my grandpa would call it, sausage, pepperoni, red peppers, green peppers, black olives, and yellow onions. Kyle, let's make our Palermo's picks on cover five. We just talked about how the punishment this year is taking the ACT, and it's looking like Jen Latta may be the one going through a local high school to take the ACT this spring. That would be unbelievable. Uh, but a lot of games on the slate for cover five this week. Let's start with you, Kyle. Take me through your cover five picks across this National Football League Sunday. All right. I always love doing the cover five picks here every single Sunday because it allows me time to kind of review my picks to see what I am going with for this week. I didn't touch that Tennessee versus Dallas game this week. Should have because I'm going to pick Dallas and I would have got a couple points there, probably a plus four. But Brian D., I want to thank you. You know why I want to thank you? Why is that? Because you reminded me that Teddy Bridgewater – will be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins today as they head to New England. Now Teddy Bridgewater can definitely win Miami. No, they could definitely they can definitely win, but I decided, you know what? Eh, Miami might continue losing here as they go north in a little bit of cold weather. So I got off of that. So the first game I'm actually picking is a noon game where I'm picking the Giants to cover the spread against, as you said, the fighting Saturdays as they will cover the spread of minus five today. They better win. They better, better, better win. I swear for goodness. The fighting Saturdays. There's no way the Colts are winning that game. I think that's a good pick uh, for you. My first pick, Kyle, uh, is also a noon game. I'm on the Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville Jaguar, Doug Peterson bandwagon right now. I think they're going to come from behind and win that AFC South division and be a playoff team. So I got Jacksonville minus four over the hapless Houston Texans who are just sputtering down the stretch into the offseason. I like that game as well, but I did not pick it. But I may. I have time. I have about nine minutes now to still make that pick. But for my second pick is this game here. I have not been a true believer in the Detroit Lions most of this season. But they have continued to show up and show out. Even in the loss against Carolina, which they should have not have lost that game, they still showed a little fight there at the end. So I am going to pick Detroit at home to cover five and a half against the Chicago Ooh. Bears. Come on now, Lions. Wow. Restore the roar for Kyle Wallace picking the Detroit Lions over the Chicago Bears and keeping their playoff hopes alive. This pick is going to shock you, Kyle. Our player most picks on cover five. This pick will, you might not talk the rest of the show. Um, Broncos country, let's ride. No way. That spread, that spread against Kansas City is enormous. 13 and a half. I just, I need to take the risk to see if the Broncos have any pride any fired head coach boost. Can Russell Wilson do anything? 
right? Do you have any pride to even keep that game close and earn me some points against the spread on cover five? I'm taking the Broncos today, plus 13.5 against the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. I do think there is something, Kyle, to this fired head coach boost where when your head coach gets fired, everybody else is sort of like, oh, if he got fired, I might get fired too. So everybody's kind of playing motivated for their job. I like the Broncos, not to win today, but to at least try and cover that plus 13.5 spread. That's not a terrible pick, only because you get the 13.5 points. So if they lose by 21, you're just minus 7. I'm not taking it after they got destroyed last week. The Kansas City Chiefs have something to play for. I think they have something to prove. I don't trust them enough to pick Kansas City, but I definitely think this may be a two-score game. So where I'm going next is, we talked about it before, the guy that you think don't want to see us, I think we don't want to see them, and that will be San Francisco covering the six-point spread in Las Vegas. This 49er team, I think, is very, very good. They're hot. Their defense is phenomenal. And you got Jared Stedeman, Stedeman? I don't even know. Stedeman. Stedeman? I don't even know. Devontae Adams doesn't know either, nor does he care. That Las Vegas team is not very happy. They're not a great unit. They should probably fire Josh McDaniels like the Broncos did many years ago. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers to cover. I'm going all the, I'm going all the one-score games here. Over one score, Ryan. You've inspired me. I'm going to make a switcheroo and take San Francisco in that game as well. I'm coming off of the Sunday night game tonight. I had Pittsburgh plus three at Baltimore. Tyler Huntley is still starting for the Ravens. I feel bad for Lamar. He went into this season motivated, trying to get that $300 million contract, and it just hasn't worked out for him. Now he's got the injury. So I'm coming off Pittsburgh-Baltimore and going to San Francisco there. I like that uh, inspirational pick from you. Uh, My next one here, Kyle... This is solely to try to make up points on the rest of our teammates in our league at Cover 5 for ESPN Wisconsin. Oh, you're still trying to win. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm not trying to win. I'm just trying not to like finish as low because I'm pretty toward the bottom right now. Uh, but just to make up some ground, I think a lot of folks are going to pick the Packers to win today. They're, they're three-point favorites in this game. I, I just don't so, understand why we're the favorite. I don't know either, which is why I'm picking Minnesota. Not to necess- I, I don't want them to win. I want the Packers to keep their playoff hopes alive at least for another week. But just for cover five purposes, potentially to make up some ground on the rest of my teammates and kind of hedge if the Packers do lose, I'm taking Minnesota. It's a hedge. I am torn for this one here, Brian. Because I think is this our this is our fourth pick, right? Is our fourth or fifth? I'm I'm Correct. pretty I'm fourth. I'm pretty yep. torn. So for my fifth pick, I'm torn. This one here is this is my big one. I got minus two and a half Seattle. I need Seattle to cover. I picked them in every league. I need Seattle not only to cover, but I need them to win, and they need to win as well. Even with Mike White coming back, and the Jets still with their playoff hopes alive by a threat as well. He's taking. They got to go to Seattle. They got to go East Coast team. Got to go to the West Coast. We'll see. Um, And then my final pick, no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. One-point favorite on the road at Cincinnati on Monday Night Football. This game is a de facto for the one seed in the AFC game. It might be the game of the year in the National Football League tomorrow night on ESPN. So I'm taking Buffalo in that game to try and secure that number one seed in the AFC playoff picture. Just a one-point spread. So whoever wins, you're probably getting some points on cover five. Brian D., dare I take this team? I said Carolina always fails me when I pick them or I pick against them. Do I dare believe in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to beat Carolina at home today? Oh. Do, I, do, I, do I trust them? Do I trust him, Brian? Do I pick Tampa Bay? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. 
Even though TB12 is there, I just they've had one of those seasons where they feel like a hard team to trust. Uh, it's either the Eagles or Tampa Bay. Let me know. Which one, Brian? Man, Carolina's kind of got the sauce right now. Uh, they got – oh, okay. I'll pick Philly. I'll pick Take Philly. Carolina. Do it. No, I, can, I'll, I'm, not taking, at me, I'll, I'm not touching Carolina. No, because I, I can yell at you while I'm taking the ACT. You want to help a brother prep for the ACT? I can't do that. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm just going to go with the short I'll thing. help you with your ACT prep. Philadelphia, they'll probably win. I'm not sure by seven, but we're going to find out sooner or later. Thanks, Brian D. Thank you, sir. This has been Sunday Karma across ESPN Wisconsin. Green Bay game day with Greg Matz and Gary Ellerson. Jason Wildey coming up next. Kyle, hit him with the outro. This is ESPN Wisconsin and ESPNWisconsin.com.